absolutely. The reason I'm here today is to break those divides, those um, self-claimed identities. It's about becoming successful in your own way. I'm hoping to do that with my music so that when you hear the melody, you know, it kind of gives you a call of, reminds you of who you really are. Slavery and colonialism are the same thing. It's not necessary what we think of Africa. It's not necessary. What is most important is how we think of ourselves. I am part of a process that is unfolding, and that process is happening in the moment. So I'm a witness to that process. So I'm not really being slowed down. I just need to to evolve with the process and, and grow from it. What's up, guys? It's Tim Troby's Music here with all the team, with Verse TV. And you know we have something very special for you today. In the building today, all the way from Nigeria, we have Storytellers. Y'all, you know this is going to be super exciting. We're super excited to have him. Um, wow. I'm going to say wow. Um, first of all, let's just jump right into it. So, for our audience who may not know who you are, um, just tell us who you are and where you're from, just so we can get a, a general um, basis um, started. Well, I am. Hey, guys. I hope you are doing well. Um, thank you, Verse TV, for for throwing this opportunity so we can have this type of discussion. Um, I am storyteller, and I am from Nigeria. So I belong to the tribe of the Great Benin Empire, and um, we are we are now a minority tribe in Nigeria. But in the old days, we used to dominate from from the West African parts of Nigeria, all through that home, um, you know, pretty big expense of, of coverage, um, but it's different now. So that's who I am. I'm from the Asian tribe in Nigeria. And, um, but more importantly, the reason I'm here today is to break those divides, those um, self-claimed identities of tribe, of nationality that limits our ability to achieve as a group. So um, so while my physical body is from that area, but in spirit, I believe we're all from the same place. Oh, I like that. Amen to that. That's definitely uh, something I truly believe myself. So I feel like hearing that from you all the way from the motherland uh, makes me feel more connected. <laughs> so, so tell me, how has being from Nigeria influenced you and your work today? Pardon? How has being from Nigeria influenced you and your work to do what you do now? Okay, um, well, being from Nigeria means that even though I have lived in the United States for about a little over 10 years, um, before I moved back to Nigeria, I attended Morgan State University, uh, where I got my undergrad, and also, <laughs> also attended um, University of Baltimore, where I did get my master's in public administration and policy. So, um, but being from Nigeria has also meant that my connection to Nigeria has remained strong. And part of what creates that pool is the the situation of the moment. You know. Um, Nigeria is supposed to be about one of the most powerful countries in Africa, and unfortunately, it's not there. And we need a certain type of mindset that goes back to to resolve the issues and bring us the potential. So, um, so being from Nigeria meant that um, I chose music as the medium to achieve that, and you know. In terms of music, I have to design my music in a way that appeals to a broad audience of Nigerians, so, which meant that incorporating elements of Afrobeat, um, incorporating melodic elements of the Benin traditional um, melodic um, patterns, and infusing it with Western, um, certain Western pop music traditions as well as hip hop. You know, so, 
So I, that I is, saw that. Mm-hmm. That is how basically being from Nigeria has affected my work and also my experiences in the West mm-hmm. has affected my work too. Awesome. I definitely want to ask you about that because I saw you had um, um, one of your songs were really, you know, melodic and, you know, and, and, and it was really, you know, riding the beat. But then I saw the other song, the newer song, Professor, which yeah. is more like Afrobeat. So I was like, oh, you got a little fire, a little, little, it's a, it's a nice little mix. So it's not like one particular sound or something. Like, would you, would, would, if you, I have to say, what do you, as an artist, what do you, you do you consider yourself an Afrobeat artist, or what do you, what do you consider yourself as an artist? Absolutely, I, I find my, I think of myself as an African artist. And, African artist. And, um, and I also think of myself as a Nigerian artist, so, because that's where my, that's where I, my consciousness, that's where it's from, so... Keyword, <laughs> yes. I definitely get it. That's a big difference. Wow, I like that answer. Um, so, so tell me, how long have you been singing, playing guitar, um, and making these music videos? Because um, clearly, um, the music video goes definitely hand in hand with the music. Um, how long have you been singing and, and performing? In terms of singing, um, as far as I can remember being aware of myself, you know, as a child, there's a point where you're not aware of yourself, of existence. Yeah, so as far as I can remember existing in this world, I've always loved music. Music has always had a special connection where you hear a sound and, and it reminds you of a place. It reminds you of a time. You hear a sound and it reminds you of a smell. You know, you see things in the past. You know, so that's how strong music has been to me. And... And growing up, it, it started to become the most effective tool for me to communicate to a mass audience. You know, so, so that my goal, in essence, is to, is to explain the, 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 the problems that we're experiencing in Africa and around the world through sound, where we break down the policy, we break down the statistics, we break down the wonkiness into a feeling because that's where it's most effective. Most people don't want to hear statistics. It might make you sound smart, but, you know, they just don't want to hear it. You're right about that. Um, and definitely the best way to do it is through the music because music is universal. And so that's a great way, you know, to be able to, great platform to tell your story, also be able to get people to understand where you're coming from, especially if you put feeling into it, like you said. So, yes, I agree with you. So, tell us about your song, Arizona. In the United States, Arizona is a state, but in Lagos, Nigeria, it means something else. (laughs) Well, Arizona in America is just a state, but in Lagos, Arizona is a state of mind. So, typically, we reference, Arizona references sharing, Arizona references giving. It reference, references peace, you know, but also, in a more lighter note, it's a, it's a popular reference to cannabis. So if you went to Lagos and you wanted to find some cannabis, you're better off asking for Arizona than saying, hey, give me cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> That's the code word. In Lagos, excuse me, excuse me. I'm, I'm looking for the Arizona. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> give me some Arizona. <laughs> yeah, so, I heard the reference in the song about Roll It Up, and I'll, you know, I'm from America. We believe in the Roll It Up and all of that stuff, too, here in New York. So I, was, I heard that. I was like, okay, so this is what I'm thinking, but I wasn't <laughs> Thank you for the clarification. Um, we now have a better understanding for those from our varsity listeners out there who's into the, you know, rolling it up. If you're ever in Lagos, we're going to ask for that result. We're, we're, we're in the in crowd now. Got it. Correct. So, <laughs> you released Arizona a couple months ago. And it appears that you released another single, a Professor. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that as well? Okay. Um, so, but just another point about Arizona. Um, and that's what I featured. I featured Wally and Young Hands. Yeah. Young Hands is a very talented rapper in Nigeria and Wale is another upcoming 
really talented musician and it was a privilege to really be in a space where I could work with these magical people. And I remember that, you know, afternoon, Young Hands and Wally came by, you know, we went out back, carried my guitar and we started playing and and the hook just emerged and immediately we knew we had to record that one. You know, that's not just another vibe vibe session that goes, you know, into the air. You know, we have to record this one. So that was how we came with Arizona. Then for Orimi, Orimi in Yoruba, yes, Orimi in Yoruba language uh, means my head. So, and the reference to the head is, is referencing your inner being. It's referencing your basically your guiding angel kind of that's what that my head when they say your head it's referencing kind of your guiding spirit so orimi is about becoming successful in your own way becoming successful defining success in the way you want to define it and achieving it the way you want to achieve it so a part of the song actually says i don't i do not want to be like bill gates and I do not want to be like the richest guy in Africa because my head has done it for me. So um, I was really lucky and happy to be in that song. Um, I was pre- I was um, featured by the professor, and also Wale was also on that song. I found that yeah. The professor is a magical songwriter. He's um, you know he's very frugal with words. He's very minimalist with words, and he states things clearly and precisely in just a few words. That's something I like about him. So try to check out a lot of his stuff. It's on YouTube, and I'm sure you'll like it. He does lots of Afrobeat. Got it. Nice. Yeah, that was... I saw Professor Willie Bragg, and then I saw Romeo on the bottom, so now I get it. Um, wow. The music really has a consciousness of its own and the message of its own that really carries itself. This is super amazing to hear in 2020 because a lot of artists um, in different styles and dramas, you know, I feel like are going with the times but not with the consciousness of their mind. So uh, thank you for going with your mind and your consciousness and allowing that to really, you know, be the driving force behind your music because that is going to really that's what's really going to make the connection to the world. Um, and so, with that being said, tell us, where did the choice of the name Storyteller come from? Well, Storyteller, the Storyteller in African society is a very powerful person. He's like, he is the gatekeeper of, of what it is to, of, he is the gatekeeper of what the past is, and he tells you stories in order so that you can create a better future. And these stories are meant to remind you of who you are. They're not just tales about monkeys climbing trees and turtles, you know, trying to be trick stars, you know. They're trying to tell you about something of who you really are in order to maintain the tradition or evolve the tradition. So that is the work of the storyteller. And I'm hoping to do that with my music so that when you hear the melody, you know, it kind of gives you a call of, reminds you of who you really are, you know, in a, in an ancestral sense. I don't know if you get that. Then the storyteller also was from the fact that we are all storytellers. Everybody is a storyteller. We tell stories with our lives, with our choices, you know. Um, these things are telling stories, and I wanted a name. I wanted a name that described not just me, but also the masses. So, and uh, storytelling seemed to be that name um, because it described what I was doing, and also described the characteristic of the audience of the people listening to me. Gotcha. All right, now. So here at First TV, we're an LGBTQ and ally social media millennial collective. We know that we have a media school perspective on LGBT rights on the continent of Africa and the image on TV mostly. Is it kind of accurate? I would love to answer this question, but um, can you elaborate a little bit more 
um, on what you mean by the perception that they have on what is that? So basically, in Africa, um, in America, the perception of LGBTQ people is like, it's really a no-no, like you can't be LGBTQ, um, you know, it's against the law in some places. So is that, what's what we see on TV? Is that really the reality of what it is? Is that accurate? Is that how it is in, in Africa? I would agree that um, around the world, you know, there's seems to there is a lot of um, should I say negative the attitude towards LGBT communities generally negative and and I think um, Africa or Nigeria is also to a great extent emblematic of that you know so um, however. I feel like the LGBT communities over there, they're trying very hard given the climate to to try to effect changes um, however they can. Um, so even though the legislation is on, you know, legislatively or legally um, it's against them, um, you still see um, people in Lagos who some people are brave enough to identify as LGBT and and they get to a point where a conversation is brewing, a conversation is starting, you know. Like 10 years ago, there was no conversation. Mm-hmm. Zero conversation. The attitude was starkly negative. But now, you know, even the bigots are, are starting to get to that level where they're like, okay, you know, well, you're here. Um, I know I can't disturb you, but don't disturb me. So they are there now. But before, it was worse than that. You know, so um, so I'm hoping that things get better. Nice. Wow. Well, hopefully they do get better. And it starts by having conversations like we're having now. So thank you for being a voice. Um, as well, let's, let's go back to the TV thing. So also, you know, it, it, it depends... The, what about the life on the continent of Africa as a whole? Is it is is what we see on TV and what's portrayed? Is that is that correct in American per se, or is it you know slightly different than what the TV portrays? Okay, just for um, the audience who might be living in Africa or other parts of the world, um, could you just elaborate on what you see on TV in terms of the perception? So basically. What we see on TV is like, you know, let's just go, like, for instance, let's go back to when I was, you know, when I was younger. Most of the things we see about Africa, we see, we see like huts and we see people living, um, you know, without like main water and things like that. Um, I don't know if things are changing, things are different because now TV's progressed and we see like in our South Africa, we see people living in beautiful houses and mansions. And I've actually met some, uh, some, uh, some white people from South Africa, um, so what we say, like everyone has to, like a lot of places is poor. There's flies everywhere. You know, there's like animals running around. Um, um, just out there, like you living together, that kind of thing. Like I think that people who in America who have not even traveled outside of America, that's a perception. So is that is that basically accurate or is like wrong? Let's be clear here. Like, can you give us a little bit? Of- well, um, thank you. That's a very important question. And But in order to really think about this properly, I think we need to not just break it down as an African problem, you know, break down, you know, reduce hunger to be an African problem, reduce homelessness to be an African problem, or bad infrastructure as an African problem, because... Yeah. Um, subconsciously, we might start to buy into the racist narratives of the West, you know, as to why are these people like this, you know, why can't these people get out of this? And so I think it's important that we see it as a human problem, no matter where you go in the world, um, suffering is suffering. There is no suffering that's better than the other. And no happiness that is greater than the other. So um, you go to certain places in Europe and you see these same things you describe. 
Now, it doesn't justify that, it doesn't justify that's the reason as to why it should exist in Africa, that because there's homelessness in the West, then there should be homelessness in Africa. We should be able to set the standard as to, as to the kind of life we want to live. You know, so, but at the same time, um, we need to also bring into recognition the, the history that has brought us to that point where we have a continent that literally feeds the world, a continent that literally built the world, and mm-hmm. its people are not living up to the experiences that they deserve. You know, so um, I think um, as an African-American, you know the story, <laughs> you know, you know the story, you know. So uh, many a time, I think one big mistake that we Africans make and also African-Americans is that we we put our stories in watertight compartments as if they exist independently of, of the other. You know, slavery and colonialism are the same thing. So the difference here is that slavery is um, the... The, uh, when you are colonized in a foreign land. So slavery is colonization in a foreign land, and colonization is slavery in your own land. So so basically, it's the same thing. We're, we're all enslaved. So the idea that African-American or Africans believe that, oh, no, we were not slaves. No, you were slaves in your own continent. And... Your brothers who were taken away were colonized in the foreign continent. So um, this is where I want us to see our experiences as the same, see ourselves as the same. The idea that black people in the United States are called African-Americans is an attempt to, to deceive you from who you are so that, you know, you're an African-American, so you're no longer African. But, hey, you're still not an American because we still have that tag, you know. So this is where I believe that we need to come together. We need to come together, you know. So the American tag is necessary. It's necessary. So, but you need to know when to drop the American tag and become an African like your brothers and Mm -hmm. also take back that tag when it is necessary to further the general black cause around the world. So um, I think that's one of the steps we could take towards making Africa a superpower and making Africa be able to properly support its African children around the world. Wow. That was like... (laughs) I'm going to have to rewind that and watch it again. Um, Because that was really good. Um, You said that in a way that I think it needed to be heard um, and also expressed in a way that we can understand. Because my next question was pretty much along the lines of asking you, what, what do you want Africans of, 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 in the diaspora to think differently about beautiful Africa? And you just pretty much gave me the whole answer um, right then there. So I hope those of you who are uh, listening really heard, listened to what he said because um, that was really deep and profound. <laughs> What's the main thing, before we switch over to our verse key questions, Last question in this segment is, what is the main thing that you want our Verse TV audience to learn about storytelling the artist and the humanitarian today? I will, I will, well, it's a pleasure to speak to the Verse TV audience. Um, I send in lots of love to everyone out there. And what I primarily want everybody to think is, to see myself in them and as I see themselves, yourselves in me, you know. So that exchange is important. And this goes back to how I want or desire every black person in the world, even African Americans, to think of Africa. Um, It's not necessary what we think of Africa. It's not necessary. What is most important is how we think of ourselves because 
how you think of yourself is just a reflection of how you're going to think of Africa. So it's important that individually we all remember the kings and the queen in our beings, you know, the pride. Know that you deserve, know that you deserve every bit of privilege in this world. But that privilege, that black privilege that we seek is nowhere else. It's in the motherland. And it's from that motherland that that black privilege flows out to you from wherever part of the world, the world you are. You know, because if Africa was a superpower, no white cop will shoot a black person knowing no black cop will shoot a black person. It's impossible. It's like, imagine an American citizen being, being mocked in some average country. Most people don't do that because they know there will be a diplomatic fallout. They know it. If you shoot an American citizen anywhere in the world, there will be a diplomatic fallout. So once Africa is strong, once Africa becomes the superpower it deserves to be, nobody can oppress any black person in any part of the world because any of such action, we shall demand that that country's ambassador comes to the floor in the African Union to answer questions. And they know it. So what I want the Verse TV audience to think about in reference to me is to look for ways to make Africa strong again. Join the voice. The Ghanaians have started. They started the year of no return. Sorry, the year of return. And Beyonce was there. Lots of African-American celebrities came. They came to support the movement. That was inspiring. That was good to see. You know, Akon is doing great work, you know, around Africa, teaching people. So, you know, I'm not recommending a country that you should help, but um, research every country. Look at where your expertise can help the country move forward. African-Americans alone have the skill to bridge the intellectual gap in Africa in zero. You have African-Americans in NASA in the U.S. military, in high places, in government, you know, these guys can come together and create a superpower in no time. So I want you, the, your voice, your very TV audience, to look for a way to come on and help out. We're waiting for you. I hope you guys heard that. That was a charge to you, um, because that's what it is. Like we got to make. Africa strong again, and um, I think it starts with what you're saying right now. Um, it's opening my eyes, clearly in this interview, and hopefully everyone that's tuning in and listening, um, shed a light on that so that we can, you know, make make it more brighter. And uh, so before we move on, what's next for you, for you, Storyteller? Tell the people out there what should we be expecting, what should we be watching for, what's next for you? Well, um, I'll be going back to Nigeria very soon. Um, have a few more radio stations to um, interview with in America before I go. Uh, I'm making another stop in the UK, in the United Kingdom, for about a week. Um, but in the long term, um, I'm going to be making more singles, making more music. Uh, I'm currently talking to Tunex, who is one of the, who is about the biggest producer in Sierra Leone, and so I'm currently talking to him. Uh, we're going to do some work in Sierra Leone, and I'll be staying in Sierra Leone for a bit and just learning the culture and having fun. So um, you can follow my social media, too, so you can also keep in touch with what I'm doing. That's right. We're going to get that in the end of the interview. We're going to get the social media so you guys can check them out. First question for Verse TV is this. If you had all the money slash power necessary, what would you do? But what would you change that you would feel would most benefit the LGBTQ community? So what would you do? If you had all the money to power, necessary, yeah. what would you do? To do what? What would you do or change that you think would most benefit the LGBT community? Okay. Well, I must say that the LGBT community in America, they've done such a good job. Um, the 
and they keep on working hard given the acceptability of LGBT people within American society over the last 10 years. Um, I mean, there was a time not too long ago in this country that a politician could not speak in favor of LGBT people, if not his career is done. But now the opposite is the case. You know, you're very careful. You need to, you need to show that you're in support of human rights to, to really get ahead you know, most times. So that's great. You know, but what I will do uh, will be for a place like Nigeria where I feel that, or in Africa, where things are more difficult for LGBT peoples. So, and I noticed something about the LGBT movement. Um, in countries where they have the best environment for LGBT people, they have the best legislation it tends to correlate with a higher standard of living. So the higher the standard of living, um, the acceptability is typically wider. So let's say Finland, you know, the Western European nations, they actually seem to be ahead in the, in the game, even more ahead than the United States. Mm-hmm. So, so what I will do is to use that power to try to raise the general living standard of everybody within African society because um, uh, a tide that is really making things difficult for LGBT people to further their cause in Africa is the low standard of living. So people generally are struggling with basic existential needs. And so it's hard for the LGBT community to get the allies they need to to change legislation. You know, the kind of votes, popular votes you need in a in a referendum to to affect legislation. Because the average person is worried about insecurity. Somebody is worried about, you know, where they're going to find the next pay. So although the LGBT issue is important, is serious, it's difficult to get those people on board, say, hey, come and vote. You know, there's a legislation coming around, come and vote. Um, there is uh, a bill being sponsored in the, in the Senate. Okay, let's, let's speak in favor of this bill. It's difficult out there because these people have these existential needs that they have to take care of. So um, even though you have allies, it's difficult to to get those allies to invest in that cause. So that's why I will generally raise the living standards of everybody because within that environment, it will be easier for the LGBT community to get their message across than how it is now. Yes, sir. Come on, get that power. Do it. All right, so number two, it's actually a quote, and then I'll try to ask the question. Quote says... Ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me what am I living for in detail. Ask me what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. And that's time to move. So the actual question is this. What is your goal in life? And what is slowing you down from achieving that goal? So my goal in life is part of why I'm here. Uh, which was to, which is to be a musician and use that platform to help bring the black communities around the world, help build Africa, and help the people in the diaspora bridge that gap between the Africans in Africa and the Africans in the diaspora. And when I mean Africans in diaspora, um, African Americans are included in that group. And um, so that is my goal. And in terms of what is slowing me down, um, yes, in service to others, in servicing other people, it's not easy to actualize that. Um, But I don't like to think that there's anything that can slow me down. And because I am part of a process that is unfolding, and that process is happening in the moment. So... 
I'm a witness to that process. So I'm not really being slowed down. I just need to to evolve with the process and and grow from it. I like that. Wow, you better come on. This is an storyteller. You're so inspiring. I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's just too much for me to take in at one time. So, what is your deepest tea? Something that you've never shared on, on media, on social media before. But you know, something of course you want to tell us. But you know, something that you never shared before on social media that you're willing to share with us. Well, um, so tell me, um, kosher or non or non kosher? Say it again. Is kosher or non-kosher? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's your deepest tea. Uh, we don't we don't put limitations on what you can or can't. It's up to you. Um, it, it's literally up to you. It's, we, we take it either way. We're all down to yourself. Either way you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm going to have to think right hard about this. Oh, can we move to the next question? Yeah, I think so I'll come there? back to that one. Okay. Um, and yeah. the next question is this. What is what is one of the major stumble blocks that you had on your path um, that's been in your way, and how did you overcome it? For me, the greatest stumbling block was starting, was how to get started. You know, you have this desire, you have this dream, and and from where you are in that present moment to the dream, there is no means to to get on that path and for me that created lots of um, frustration sometimes anxiety but at the end of the day you learn to be at peace Mm -hmm. you know you learn to know that things come to you because you are not because of your worries not because of your efforts you know Um, you just need to be a part of the process and the more I began to get positive within, you know, the world structured itself where I was on the path. Um, so, so I think that for me, that's the that was the solution that I I do by being positive, um, keep thinking, keep working, and it happened. And when these things happen, it's not necessarily because of your abilities. Um, it's it's just a sign from the universe. It's a it's a sign that says that hey, you've been working hard and you can go in this direction. So so that's what I just do. Just be positive. Yes, I agree with that every day. Some people think I'm weird because I'm so positive, but that's your own problem. But um, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, the next question is this: um, before I go back to the one skip, um, what are some what are some um, what is something that you will leave, want to be left behind in, uh, from your legacy in a time capsule? Something that you want to put in a time capsule and say, look, this is my legacy, my work, I want this to be left behind. I want to contribute more to that movement towards us working together, you know, towards the African-American seeing himself, herself, as an African first. And, you know, the Ghanaians have started, as I said, Akon has started, and I will work towards putting more of my voice out there towards that goal. So that is what I, I want to be remembered for. We're going to put all that in this interview. And Legacy Time Capsule, we're going to ship it away. <laughs> so, so, when we come back and be able to play this interview, we love I knew that man was something. Um, so, let's go back to our, our deepest tea question. Something that you want to share with us that you haven't shared on social media. I'm going to give it to be too personal. Just be, you know, just something about you, the man, okay. the legend, the legend. So, <laughs> Okay, I I once took a run from say from Morgan State University to the Inner Harbor, and I did this toe and fro, and I think um, at a point I was so tired that 
I almost called a friend of mine to come pick me up. <laughs> you know, how way back. You know, and um, I just, I ended up walking halfway and that was a very, um, should I say, exhilarating experience for me and very memorable because I've never been so tired in my life. <laughs> and I think I got some enlightenment that day just about life, you know. <laughs> yes, sir. That was definitely, that was definitely great. Deep to see. But before we head out, can you please tell our audience where they can find you, social media, websites, anything on you, Anything outside of your social security number so they don't have to track you down. Tell them where to find you in case they want to look you up. Okay, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and also Facebook and YouTube. Storyteller Tune. So, Storyteller, just Storyteller, then Tune, T-U-N-E. So, Storyteller Tune, that's for Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube, and um, Twitter.
phone make a call Call up me G's, then I come over Roll up the trees, smack it up Me, me never throwing any punches Me, me never doing any judging We just the reason different kinds is Jamming to the rhythm Storyteller give me good sound Storyteller give me good fight Storyteller give them jam Storyteller give me good sound Spiritual something now Young hands dropping the vibe Now we got a mad new jam Storyteller give them vibe Every day me pray say we all win the race Island breeze I feel up this space If you ever see young hands I will tie one tie and blow My money and my money where my mind is This is right timing, see the light shining Dreams got bigger last year, it was tiny I've been diffused, it don't jazz, it go sign me I told mom it's gonna be alright Stop boys, you are savage, they eye me Stay woke, can't sleep all night Hard rocks, fresh breeze The free things in life are the best things While you feel sing for the girls, them Storyteller pass me the best streets Mary J and I are the best friends Me, I'm just microphone testing a soul Every day me pray, say we all win the race Island breeze, I fill up this space If you ever see young hands and walling Taiwan, Taiwan Storyteller, you're tuning right now to Verse TV. I want you to go ahead and like, place a comment, or subscribe on Verse TV's YouTube channel or anywhere else you can find them on, on social media. Verse TV is the best. Take care and bye bye.